0: Hey, everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Life. Life. Welcome
1: back. Welcome
0: back. Welcome back. So
1: this week, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to continue our discussion on celebrating your differences. And uh, also, in addition to that, we're going to talk about giving God the glory in your marriage. As -hmm. the song says, it's not all about us. It's about who, babe? It's
0: about Jesus. Yes. It's about Jesus. Yes.
1: So we're going to get started on this week's podcast. And the first thing we want to talk about, well, first thing we want to give you is a scripture. A scripture.
0: Yeah. So Ephesians 321. And really, you know, if you are preaching this, you probably wouldn't start off with this scripture. It says, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And so we just want to um, encourage you and just to make sure that, just to encourage you, that you give God glory in your situation, your marriage. And I know people are probably thinking, well, why'd you use that scripture? Because that's what the Lord gave me. That's why I use that scripture. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's for somebody out there. For somebody, give God glory in your marriage. I mean, maybe your marriage right now is not in the best state. It could it probably it could be in, you know, it's probably not in the best situation. But I just want to let you know that you can make it if you want. If you want your marriage to work, it'll work.
1: And you know what? I hear somebody saying. How they know our marriage not in the best situation. How are they going to say that? Because we've been married for 32, going mm-hmm. on 33 years. Mm-hmm. And there has certainly been times when our marriage was not in the best situation exactly. or not in the best state. And we know there are ebbs and flows in marriage. So we know that it's not always up. It's not always down. It's not always Easy right going. It's not <laughs> right.
0: smooth selling.
1: Right. Because the Bible declares to everything there is a time and a season. A time to be happy, a time to be sad, a time to reap, a time to sow. So we know we know that that there's somebody listening to this podcast, marriage may not be in the best situation. Yeah. I'm right. sorry, I heard I heard that drop in my spirit and I had to chime now, in. Yo, chime in.
0: Chime in. That's that's why we that's why we're doing this, so you can chime. Um, (laughs) but you have to want your marriage to work and stay in, uh, you have to find your rhythm and you, you know, in marriage, um, whether it's, I think, um, co-pastor, she said, you have to find a combination for your marriage. And once you find that combination, you know, don't mess with it. Just, it works, whatever works for you and your spouse. Once you find that rhythm, that dance—I heard um, Bishop and Lady Bobette talk about doing the dance—and mm-hmm. once you get your dance going, and you and you and your spouse and you're, you're coordinated and it's just flowing—it takes time to get to that point. Oh, I see you. Yes, I see you. y'all can't I, see I my eyes uh, in podcast closed land, closed in deep, but I'm deep dancing. Dark. I'm dancing to the rhythm of my honey buns beat. Yeah. Every marriage has a rhythm. (laughs) Every marriage has a beat and you just have to find yours for that, for your particular marriage. Another chime
1: in moment. Chime in. So So. stop looking at other marriages Mm -hmm. and trying to mimic their dance, Uh their cadence, Uh their flow Uh because every marriage is unique. Yeah so you're you different. you're different just like you and your spouse are different mm-hmm. the person the couple that you see on the outside i can't tell you how many times people have said to us and it was probably in a moment where we really wasn't feeling each other at the moment <laughs> but we've had people say to us in church or um our jobs or whatever mm-hmm. oh you and your you you and your husband y'all are such a cute couple. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we just got through arguing on our way to church, or sorry, having a passionate discussion or a disagreement. And people look at us and say, oh, y'all are so cute together. Y'all the cutest couple. Mm -hmm. If you only only knew. So stop clamoring for what you see in another marriage because you really don't know what's going on in that marriage and you really don't know what it took for them to get to a certain point in that marriage, ask God to show you that marriage that he wants you Mm -hmm. to have. And it's okay to see other marriages and say, Oh, they've been married for 30, Mm -hmm. 25, 50 years. I want that for my marriage, but don't try to mimic that marriage because it's
0: unique. And I remember, I'm glad you said that. I remember when we think when we first joined Calvary, Back in 2000, um, or whatever whatever it was. It was in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing Bishop Owens serenade co-pastor. Mm-hmm. And I could tell he, was, he genuinely, and he still does, genuinely <laughs> love his wife, co-pastor. Yes. And I remember saying to myself, I, you were next to me, but I know I didn't say this to you. I said, I want my marriage to be like that. And that was in 2000. And to piggyback on what you were saying earlier about us going through things, we went through um, all sorts of stuff in our marriage. There were times where I didn't want to be married, but you did. And there were times where you did not want to be married, but I did. Mm -hmm. And so I know as we go through these uh, podcast episodes, we'll definitely um, dwell into our marriage more deeply at some point in time. Yes, but,
1: maybe we will, but maybe they'll just have to get the book.
0: Get the book? Uh-oh. Yes. That's a teaser. That's what That's they a call in the business, a teaser.
1: They might have to get the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but every marriage, like you said, every marriage goes through ebb and flows, up and downs. And we, we as married couples, and I want to apologize first to single people. I'm going to come back to married people, but I want to apologize to single people. Because for so many years, and I'm not trying to, for so many years, churches, when we do things for married couples, it's just married couples only. So we don't really get, we don't allow single people to come into a a married seminar, whatever it may Mm -hmm. be, so they can get a glimpse into what makes a successful godly marriage. And so when we married couples, when we post pictures, we dress up, we get, we put on makeup, depending on if they're professional or not. You know, you got to have your lights, perfect, the perfect background. And we take multiple pictures until it's just right. And then we post it. So even with this podcast, like last week, we talked about how we did the podcast like three or four different takes. Mm-hmm. It Ended
1: up being like five. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we think we're talking and it's not recording, so we just gotta go back and like, it's oh, like, it's not oh, recording. So, <laughs> so uh, we do multiple takes, and uh, we po- then we post it. So between the pictures and the podcast. And for single people, when they see these things, they're like, "Oh, that's what I want!" Like this is marriage, and that's not really marriage. Just like there are certain um, social media influences, influencers, excuse me, that you may know about, and they post all these pictures. But it's the it's the lights, it's the makeup. Mm-hmm. It's, you know they make things look so nice and wonderful, and even they may Photoshop it. But even when these people take off their makeup. They don't really look like who they look like in those pictures. Right. So when we do these marriage things, you don't get a, um, the a pictures, true picture, a true picture mm-hmm. of what it takes to be married. So then when you do get married, you think it's supposed to be the way you saw on a post on Instagram or something mm-hmm. along those mm-hmm. lines. And then when the conflict starts, you're like, what happened? This is not supposed to happen. And that, that's not marriage. Mm -hmm. But which is
1: why we are doing this podcast because Mm -hmm. we want to keep it 100. Yep, we want to keep it real, (laughs) keep it it real, and we're gonna keep it raw. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all think I'm the silly one? You rubbed off on me. Look, you stay married long enough to someone, you're gonna pick up some of the same. Uh, mannerisms. Mm -hmm. You're going to pick up some of the same facial expressions, which is why people end up saying y'all look alike. Mm -hmm. We're like, we don't look alike, but it's usually just the mannerisms and the facial expressions, but that's all a part of becoming one. Saying
0: staying, staying married for me. I'm not going to speak for Renee. Staying married for me. The hardest thing I've ever done in my life by far. Hardest thing. Just staying married, godly marriage, I don't want to minimize it because it's easy just to walk away and say, you know, I'm done with it. But to stay married is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I wouldn't
1: necessarily say it was the hardest thing for me, but I know getting married is easy. Anybody could get married, get up marriage license, go to a justice of a peace, even planning a wedding, mm-hmm. y'all. Now, don't trip. A lot of people probably thinking, boy, that wedding was hard. I had to get the bridesmaids together and I had to pick out the dresses and I had to organize this and coordinate that. I had to pay this much. I had to reserve. That is not even if you planned a $50,000, 100000 wedding, that is not going to top the challenge that you're going to have in marriage. Um, I wouldn't say it's the hardest thing for me, but it's definitely been hard. Uh, It's been a challenge to stay married. Um, It's all about learning how to glorify God in your marriage. When you remove yourself out of the picture as far as me, 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 what you want, what you want, Uh and you start to say, God, what is your will for my marriage? God, what is your will for me as a wife? What is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to learn? Because a lot of the challenges that we go through are learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be one selfless because it's not about you. Like I said, it's about Jesus. Um, And then you have to adapt and adjust to the changes in marriage there are so many changes ebbs and flows that you're going to face mm. when we got married straight out of high school uh one child um yeah, that was that,
0: that was that was
1: the ch- that was a challenge yes um and then you know between jobs and change of jobs and finances and uh, second child and moving to another state, and, and,
0: moving, to another
1: and state. moving to another state, and moving to another state, and you know, <laughs> me having health challenges, and you know, the, the loss of our youngest child. Um, all of those challenges were changes that we had to adapt to. It's like I'm a different person, and Doug's a different person, and even I look back on our um. What Mm -hmm. did we talk about last week? Our five love languages or the week before last. I am not the same. I don't have the same love language that we had when we first moved here. The first time we actually took that test, I was physical touch and receiving gifts. Love to get gifts. Love to get gifts. And now it's words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So I've
0: changed along the way. And so you have to change with your spouse and um, going back to last week with Adam and Eve, you have what each other needs. Mm. And so the the mission, should you choose to accept it is how do I get out of my spouse, what I need, or is it my responsibility to get out of my spouse, what I need, you know what I mean? Or is it my responsibility? If it's just my responsibility to give you, what you need, so and, you-
1: and see, I would, I would dare say, uh-huh. it's, the it's the latter. It it is your responsibility to give me what I need, mm-hmm. and it's my responsibility to give you what you need, and in in exchange, we're both getting what we need
0: because we're being selfless.
1: Because we're being selfless. Mm. So if I'm meeting your need and you're meeting my need, both are, both of our needs are being met. Wow,
0: that's deep right there.
1: It's deep, but so I'm you, keeping it real and I'm keeping it raw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so Adam and Eve. Adam has what Eve needs. Eve has what Adam needs. And now you ha- you went to fast forward to twenty first century. You have what your spouse needs and your spouse has what you need. And here we are trying to um, meet each other's needs. But if you don't know how to meet their needs, then mm. that could be a challenge in and of itself. And so not, not only do you not know how to meet their needs, but you we as individuals have to be honest within ourselves and say, this is what I need. That not what you want, but what you need. And you have to just be honest with yourself and take a self-assessment, self-evaluation and say, this is what I need. And then be able to articulate that in a way, in a manner that your spouse can receive what you said. Yes. Or what you feel or what you know you need in order, you know, to grow and flourish. Absolutely. And this takes us back to
1: some of our beginning podcasts, Communication 101. Yes you're going to have to communicate with yourself and you're going to have to communicate with your spouse in a loving
0: way that they can receive it. Mhm. So, that usually causes conflict. And when you're when you're not getting what you feel you need, and unfortunately in school there really isn't a conflict resolution class you could take in school. And when we're growing up as children, you know, you got your siblings, but really I don't know if it's so much conflict resolution or one sibling just is the bully or dominates. (laughs) Dominates the older. (laughs) (laughs) The oldest one usually, oldest or youngest is like, I'm just going to do what I want to do and you got to live with it. So now you get married and it's like, how do I resolve this conflict? Because you each have what each other needs. And now we have to figure out how to use our differences to our advantage. And then you really become a threat to the enemy when you start using your differences. Yes. Uh, to your advantage. Instead of fighting each other, you become focused on fighting the devil. Right. And part of figuring out how to become selfless in marriage is, is focusing on each other.
1: Yes, that's absolutely true. You have to stop thinking about your needs being met. I remember us counseling a couple. This has been some time ago and, the you know i remem- i don't remember if it was the wife or the husband i dare say it was the wife saying well what do i do if he's not doing xyz mm. you keep doing what you're supposed to do yep. because at the end of the day and at the end of this journey The key is for God to say to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You were faithful over being a wife. It doesn't matter what the other person is doing, not doing. You are called to do what you're supposed to do. You can only control you. You cannot control your wife and you cannot control your husband. Uh So Uh you have to stay in your lane, as they say, stay in your role, do what you're supposed to do. And if you don't get a pat on the back, Pat yourself on the back. I heard Co Pastor Susie Owens say so eloquently. Go buy yourself your, some flowers. Send yourself we back a on card. Those flowers
0: again? <laughs>
1: yes, we, back we on are.
0: Those
1: For those who didn't hear that podcast, you won't know. They won't know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, but man. you go buy yourself some flowers. You pat yourself on the back. You say good job. You know the Lord. The Lord will reward you. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God's word is true; he's not a man that he shall lie seed time and harvest if you plant those seeds, it will come back around i'm reminding reminded of uh a story, and I'm gonna make this story short, but you when we first when we podcast when we first um moved to Texas and we were going to Cedar Valley family church at the time, and I got saved, and Doug wasn't saved yet, and I remembered praying. Lord, you know, I would be complaining every time he came home, I'd be fussing. Uh, And the Lord told me to change my, change the narrative, if you will. And so I started confessing, doing, I started doing what I was supposed to do. And then I started confessing, my husband loves me. My husband respects me. My husband beats me going to church. My husband loves the Lord. My husband saved. My husband sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I had to confess that. And even when he wasn't doing that. I had to treat him like he was doing that. I had to act like he was a man of God. And today I can honestly say my husband is ready and beats me going to church. Yeah.
0: She means I'm ready before she is. Not that I beat her going to church. (laughs) Well, y'all, I will tell you there was one time that he did leave me
1: and went to church without me. I don't remember that. He doesn't remember, but it happened. Because remember, y'all, I'm keeping it royal, <laughs> and I'm keeping it raw. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> So he left me. But in any event, uh, my husband loves the Lord, and he is saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And is our marriage perfect? No. Are there things that he does that I may still kind of— look like, Mm. why are you doing that? Mm. And God's still working on me. I'm still trying to celebrate our differences. Mm. Uh, But I am thankful today that because I was obedient to God in dialing back my needs and meeting his needs, that now today I can say that our relationship is so much better and now I'm getting my needs met because I sowed the
0: seed. And I think of something that Elder Holder said when we first started um, joining the marriage ministry. He said, what happens when you realize that you married the wrong one? You become the right one. If you become the right one and you sow the seeds, as you just stated, then the harvest is coming. And one of the things this week, I started reading a book called Discover Your God-Given Gifts. And it's by Don and Katie Fortune. Uh, the name of the book is "Discover Your God Given Gifts." And it's by Don and Katie Fortune. This book has literally blessed my soul. I I read it probably in two days, and it's over two hundred plus pages. Yeah, he could not put <sighs> that book down. And and the reason I it was just it was just it was just pulling at me. Because I was like, oh, my God, you know, we we don't know. There's a lot in this book when it talks about uh, motivational gifts that we don't um, necessarily know of and we've never heard of. And I'm going to talk about it, but I'm, I'm going to uh, preface what I'm about to say. And again, the name of the book is Discover Your God-Given Gifts by Don and Katie Fortune. So let me preface what I'm about to say. Some of you that um, that are no longer married, you probably need to go back and apologize to your ex, to your ex-spouse. Uh-oh. Yes, apologize to your ex because you were trying to change them or get them to see things your way. And now you know that God is trying to make you a more well-rounded person by having you married to that person. All right, let me rephrase. Okay, so... When you originally was married to that person, you there was a lot of conflict going on because you wanted that person to see things and do things your way. But God was trying to make you a more well-rounded person by bringing somebody in your life who sees things totally opposite than you, does things totally opposite than you. And this way, that person was trying to expand you by God. God was using that person to expand you and make you a more well-rounded person. Scripture says, my people suffer for lack of knowledge. And I'm telling you in this book, it talks about, and I'm just going to give you the highlights when it comes to motivational gifts. <clears throat> it talks about seven motivational gifts. Perceiver, server, teacher, exhorter, giver, administrator, and a compassion person. And the one thing about this book that separates it from the love language and separates it from DISC, where DISC dealt with your personality and, you know, personality is who you are. This book talks about how you are, as, you see things because of who you are. If you're a perceiver, you see things through the lens of a perceiver. I'm an, I'm an administrator, so I see things through the lens of an administrator. So it's, it can be frustrating to a spouse, to me, to to ask Renee a question and say, don't you see this? Renee's not not an administrator per se. That's my strong motivational gift. Mm -hmm. So she's not going to see things the way I see them. And I usually don't. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But it can be frustrating. And if you don't know this, and if you don't understand that God made this person this way, this is how they see things. They see things through the lens of a giver, through the lens of a server, through the lens of a perceiver. And so you just and because we didn't know this and we don't you know for whatever reason, my people suffer for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. We didn't know this. Then you become frustrated with your spouse. And then then you start talking about the divorce word, you know, Mm. because it's irreconcilable differences. No, it's not irreconcilable differences. You're different by design. God's trying to make you a more well-balanced Christian Mm -hmm. because your marriage, my marriage, every godly marriage is supposed to be an example of Christ in the church. Right. That's what it's supposed to be. And because we don't want to do it God's way, but yet we want God's results, then we become frustrated. Preach, preacher. (laughs) So... I'm not telling you to go back and remarry your ex. That is not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is you probably need or you should go back and apologize and ask for forgiveness because you were trying to put a round peg in a square hole. Round peg in a square hole? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't fit, (laughs) especially if you have children together, because this will probably make the co-parenting a whole lot easier now. Or is it a
1: square peg in a round hole?
0: Square peg in a round hole. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So especially if you have children and you're co-parenting, you need to go back and apologize because you were wrong. You were trying to make your spouse be someone that they weren't. If they're a perceiver, that's how they see things, as a perceiver. If they're a giver, exhorter, whatever it is, that's how God made them, and that's how they see things. They will never see things the way you see them. They won't.
1: I think if I'm sitting here because I didn't I didn't read the book um, as of yet, but I'm just listening. And this is so good for any married person. I really want you to take note of this because a lot of the challenges that we face in marriage, if we can just stop and see things from our perspective. Perspective as best as we possibly Mm -hmm. can because we are different, we Mm -hmm. are unique, so we may not quite understand. But if we can say, Okay, my husband is an administrator and that's what he does, I shouldn't take things personally because I know that's just part of his personality, that's just part of his gifting, he's operating in his gift. And if we could do that and not take everything so personally. Then we could learn to celebrate one another and work better together,
0: yes, exactly, and the thing about it is our we've become our gifts have become so polluted. again I'm going back to the book. our gifts have become so polluted because we did not operate them under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, mm. and so we didn't either for lack of for ignorance or lack of knowledge, whatever you want to call it. We didn't operate under the um guise of the Holy Spirit, so I guess we became polluted and then we just started you know the your gift is your gift if mm-hmm. God gave it to you, you know that's that's what you have, mm-hmm. but because we don't use it properly or haven't used it properly, then we hurt people mm-hmm. and sometimes unknowingly we just hurt people, and we just have to I keep coming back to somebody out there. You need to go back to your ex and apologize because you were wrong. Ouch. You were flat out wrong. Sila. So mm-hmm. you cannot do it your way and get get God's results. It just won't happen. It's not going to happen. If you truly want God's results, then you have to do marriage his way. And so if you're working on your second marriage or third, have a, whatever whatever number this is, just make sure you do it God's way.
1: Absolutely. Or maybe you're not married, you're divorced and or never been married and want to <laughs> be married.
0: That's a
1: tip for you singles
0: as yes. well. Because opposites attract. And more than likely, you are going to attract someone that doesn't see life the way you see life. And if you are a perceiver, you may attract someone who's an exhorter. And so when those two things come together and you see life differently, do not freak out. Do not say, oh, God, this person, how could I? It's okay. God just wants to make you into a well-rounded, balanced Christian. So you're not you don't get too high with the highs and you don't get too low, low with the lows. It's all about celebrating each other's differences.
1: Yes. So I was thinking about. What if. We're talking about doing it God's way. Mm -hmm. What if the missing piece, P-I-E-C-E, of their marriage is God? Uh Oh, Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, P-E-A-C-E. You're wondering why you don't have any peace in your house. God said he'll keep those whose mind is stayed on him in perfect peace. So if your thought process is... I'm going to do this as unto the Lord, then you should have peace in your house. Who doesn't want perfect peace? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Who doesn't want that? I want it. Right. And I remember the times where we didn't have peace in our house. Mm -hmm. And your home is your sanctuary. It should be. It should be a place that when you come to, it shouldn't just be a house. It should be a home. It should feel like a home. The presence of the Lord should be dwelling there among you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have peace in your house, that's something for you to stop and examine. Why is it you don't have peace in your house? Why is not you don't have peace in your marriage?
0: Wow. That's deep right there. And that's is the missing is. But is the reason you don't have P, the, the reason, or how, do, how do I want to say this? Because it, it just hit me. You have, you don't have the missing piece, P-I-E-C-E, which is God. Because you don't have P-E-A-C-E? Or am I, should it be the other way around?
1: The reason why they probably don't have P-E-A-C-E ah. is because God is the missing P i
0: e c e okay go on preacher so last week we talked about when we when we dropped the mic moment was what if god oh nobody ever texted us about making <laughs> i'm see? sorry making you um happy in marriage marriage was never designed to make you happy
1: what if God designed marriage to make you holy and not happy mm I've never forgot. I, I can't remember anything else about that book, Sacred Marriage, but that hit me like a ton of
0: bricks. So if God did not design marriage to make you happy, but to make you holy. So there, therefore, just going along, you would need his P-E-A-C-E in order to accomplish that. Yes. And if you don't include God, In your marriage, you will never have his peace.
1: Not totally. Not totally. You will. You never have his peace. You may feel at some point in time that things are smooth sailing. Just, you know, as they say, wait for it. Wait for it. Mm -hmm. Something's going to happen. If you don't include God, you may think things are going smoothly. But God is the author. He is the maker of marriage. We have to do it his way. And
0: I keep coming back to Psalm 127 and 1. Um, except the Lord build the house, the labor's going to labor in vain. And I don't want you to do a whole lot of stuff, and it's not productive, and it won't produce the fruit that it should in your marriage. So you're going to need Jesus Christ. We all do. Again, this is a, a Christian based podcast. Yes. And we believe Jesus is the answer. Yes. And no matter what your marriage is going through, Jesus is the answer. Yes. Because we've gone through some things in our 33 years of marriage. And I tell you the honest to God truth, if the Lord hasn't hadn't been on our side, there's no way we would be sitting here today yes. doing what we're doing.
1: Yes. And just to add a little levity, I always say, if it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, I'd be living the single, single, single.
0: <laughs> I didn't know where you like, was going with that. <laughs>
1: that might be a little bit way back for oh some of goodness. our millennials who listen to this.
0: Oh, my god! But that's an old song. Yeah. I'm trying to get people to come back together. You're like, I'd be living the single, single.
1: I'm just letting okay. them know I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it raw. <laughs> If the Lord had not saved us, we would not be here today mm-hmm. to be a blessing to other marriages. But the thing of it is it's not about you, it's about Jesus. Yeah. And God saved Doug and me, not just for Doug and me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He saved us for you. Yes. He saved us for someone else, another marriage. Or someone single so that they would know what a real marriage looks like and make an educated decision about whether God is calling them to the ministry of marriage or not. So God saved us
0: for such a time as this so that
1: we could be a blessing to someone else. And
0: I remember co-pastor, we, I guess we have been married at least 20, I don't know how long we've been married, 15, 16 years, and co-pastor made a statement everything that happens in your marriage is not about you. Mm-hmm. And like just going along with what you're saying, it's, it's for your niece that's looking up to you, your nephew that's looking up to you, your children that's looking up yes. to you, uh, coworkers, extended family. They want to see, you say you're a Christian, how do you handle this or how do you deal with this? Because they may never come into a church, a church house. They're just looking at your life. Right, And because if you are going to get frustrated with your spouse because you're different, because you're opposite, and God designed them that way, he's trying to make you a more balanced Christian. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep coming back to that. He's mm-hmm. trying to make you more balanced in your, in your thought process, in your prayer life, in your giving, mm-hmm. everything, how you see things, um, how you respond to things. God wants to make you more balanced, and so you need to go back and apologize to your ex. Because and they for were right. some
1: of you, you might need to apologize to your spouse
0: yes. that you're married to mm-hmm. now. Yeah, because it's all about celebrating your differences and acknowledging we're different. And I think we talked about, um, you talked about it earlier that you know, God saved us both. He saved us both, but we both had to play a part in it mm-hmm. because there, let's let's be honest, there are people who are saved to get divorced, but you have to want to yes. stay married. Yes. You have to yield to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, not my will, but thy will, will be done. Your will be done because God gives us a free will. Yes.
1: We have to accept him and then we have to accept his word and walk in his
0: word. So- Um, That's all I have for this episode, for this time. I just want you to, you know, apologize to those you need to apologize to. And hopefully they accept your apology. If they don't, well, at least you apologized. You did your part.
1: Yes. And I want to add my prayer for you listening is that you'll have peace in your house, peace in your marriage, peace in your family, peace in your mind, Just peace, P-E-A-C-E. The dictionary defines peace as freedom from disturbance, tranquility. Who doesn't want tranquility? So my prayer is that God will just give you peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, we thank you guys for joining us. Thank you.
0: I appreciate you all for joining us. And again, making us the number one podcast. In, In the floor household. household, we're out.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast.
0: Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us.
1: We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.